Welcome to The Deep End, a podcast brought to you by DigitalOcean. Morning, Chip. Morning. Yeah, thanks for joining us today and, and I'll no share problem. some of the journey on, on the company that you work for and, and uh, the problem that you're trying to solve. Uh, Absolutely. Can you, can you tell a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, we're a global experiences marketplace for travelers who want to explore black identity um, and the African diaspora all over the world. That's awesome, right? Yeah. How, do you, how do you get started on this, on, on this journey? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so our CEO, uh, Sheree Robinson, started Tastemakers Africa four years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and that came from her personal experience um, as a black woman in the U.S. who wanted to travel the world, um, but through her lens and wasn't finding any resources to, to do it, both on the content side in terms of just the lived experience um, of what it meant to be a black traveler um, in countries all over the world. So she started Tastemakers Africa with that mission. Um, a lot of twists and turns along the way. I joined the team uh, about a year ago mm-hmm. um, to help us really bring our technology forward um, and pivot a little bit to launch what we now have, which is our peer-to-peer experiences marketplace. Um, my journey to getting there uh, included a lot of time working in the New York tech ecosystem. Awesome. Um, yeah, first as a freelancer and then for a few years running my own digital agency where I got to work with hundreds of tech entrepreneurs, startups, um, and really learning how to build a product at scale for multiple teams at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my journey with Tastemakers has been a mission that I really love to support, as well as the ability to focus in on, on one product and, and really put all my weight behind it and, and scale it as best I can. And that's, that's awesome to hear. Is that, is that where you met uh, Shrey? Yes, so Tastemakers was a client of mine. Awesome. Um, and then I, I just love what they were doing, and so I decided to join their team full time. Yeah, that's fascinating, right? You know, once you work with something, you know, you see something unique and special, mm-hmm. and you feel like the urge to, you know? Like Absolutely. You want to be part of it, right? So that's great. Yeah. And, and the problem that you're trying to solve, like, you know, you know it, it, it sort of resonates with me in a way, right? So, you know, I'm from India, uh, born, brought up there, right? And, you know, been spent, I've spent about 20 plus years in the U.S. And my friends are always curious, right? You know, what is India like, right? And they'll mm-hmm. come and ask me questions. And the first, the next question that comes up, is it safe to travel? Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Absolutely. And, and all these notions are set uh, by, you know, media stereotypes, right? And, stereotypes and across exactly, the board. Exactly, right? And, you know, I, I took a couple of my friends with me to the country, and then when they experienced the place, their whole perception about the place, the people, changes dramatically, right? You know, right. It takes them from being curious uh, to having the experience, right? The gap that you have, mm-hmm. you know, you just become shorter and shorter, right? So I think, you know, that's probably sounds like a mission that you guys are on, on to as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're, you're addressing one of the, the core tenets of, of what we work on, uh-huh. which is that when you're traveling to a new place, mm-hmm. you want to talk to someone who understands the culture of that right. place and someone who's from there. Right. So for us, um, we have an extraordinarily diverse team, uh, everything from, you know, people who've worked within the continent, people who live within the continent, people who live in the U.S., um, who have all of these different perspectives, but the focus is really how do you connect a traveler who's interested in black culture or themselves a member of the diaspora to African culture through the lens of African culture. So it's, it, that's the peer-to-peer part, which we think is really powerful. Right. And that's why the cultural conversation can happen at such a higher level, because it's like you're asking your friend who's from that place. Right, right. Um, and that's what we're trying to create thousands and thousands of times all over the continent and across the world. 
That is awesome, right? So you know, what makes you unique in a way where it, it doesn't end up being like, you know, me too experience, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? What, what makes these stories, the travelers that, that use the product or service mm -hmm. and the experience that they get out of, right? What, the, what, what are the stories that are taking back home with, the, uh, with them and telling their friends and family? And it has to be unique in a way versus saying, no, me too, I've done this before too, right? Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I think something that makes us really unique is the community aspect of what we do. Uh -huh. um, so much of being a tastemaker's traveler mm -hmm. is being a part of the tastemaker's community. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have travelers who've traveled with us and then joined on our curators, who uh -huh. we call our tour operators. Um, and they've loved what they saw and they want to be part of it, so started working within our system as well. Um, and what travelers take away is because they share this appreciation for, I want to do this trip through a cultural lens. Right, and it doesn't right. mean you're not doing bucket list items or, right, right. or exploring the place you're in, but you're, oftentimes the experiences you're embarking on are through what does this culture mean to me? What is the significance to me? Um, right. and, and how do I talk more about that? So they're sharing that experience with other travelers who mm -hmm. are thinking the same thing. And they, more often than not, are having such meaningful conversations um, about it. So just last week we had a group of three travelers and then a single traveler who happened to be in the same experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they booked a new experience together and became a group for the next three days. That's awesome. Day right. after day. And, right. and um, you know, from a product e-commerce perspective, that's great um, yeah, and everything, yeah. but we think it speaks to community and right. how those travelers were able to, you know, identify each other and right. have a great conversation and then decided to keep traveling together for the rest of their journey. That's, that's awesome to hear. You know, let's talk, you know, you touched briefly on the business side of the things, right? And that mm -hmm. always makes me curious about learning, you know, what the size of the opportunity in front of us, right? And, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a, a bit travel myself, right? And mm -hmm. I use third-party websites and, you know, get my research from TripAdvisor, sometimes, you know, book mm -hmm. some tours from Tour and whatnot. And I, on an average, I end up spending, you know, six, seven hundred dollars in experience, right. right? To me, that is significant per traveler, right? So Absolutely. can you speak about the the space and a business all up, or what's the opportunity in front of you guys? Yeah, uh, the approach, it, it gets to what you're speaking to, yeah. uh, which is, I mean, we have a web application where it's, we're an e-commerce type operation. Right. So it's, it's how are we having people book their entire trip with us. Mm -hmm. um, something that's really interesting in the travel space is that every consumer's go-to for airlines is, mm -hmm. oh, I'll whip out my phone, I have my preferred site. Every consumer's go-to for hotels is, I, I pick my, my site. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to experiences, you just right. mentioned two that you're exploring, right. and, and I talk to so many consumers through user testing, as right. well as just conversations with our own travelers. Right. And people don't necessarily have their habits down yet. Right, right. Um, the whole concept of experiences online is new in the last few years. Right, right. Um, and we're very lucky that, you know, we were one of the first marketplaces, and we're very lucky now to be starting to really grow it. Um, and so what we get to do at this really special time in terms of business model is grow the marketplace, um, which is an online website, right. and then teach people what it means to, to have this as a source and how to use it. Right, right. Um, and so I think with that, it's, it's teaching them the habits of you can have your whole trip here and we can start to offer them more to make their experience as, as great as possible. That's awesome to hear, right? And again, again, it's not one of those things that comes out as a just bucket list, right? It's hard to curate the content, right. even, even from the experiences that, that you want to choose and whatnot, and it's pretty difficult to find something that is unique. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and so I think that's, that's a fantastic problem to solve, right? It is. You, you briefly talked about the website that you have to ma maintain and whatnot, and being a CTO, and I'm, I'm super curious to learn, you know, about the technology that you use, you know, how those things are working. Can you speak a little bit about that, yeah. please? 
Absolutely. Um, so we currently run a full stack web application. Mm -hmm. uh, it's based on microservice architecture, really focusing on trying to keep things as small and manageable as right, possible, right. Um, working with our team up until now. Mm -hmm. um, and the way the website works, it's a two-sided marketplace. So we have a set of tools for the consumer, which looks more or less like an e-commerce website where you're right. purchasing experiences. Um, and, and everything mm -hmm. like that. And then on the supplier side, so mm -hmm. our suppliers, we are, we call them our curators. Mm -hmm. It's these, you know, the people who are, you're connecting to. So mm -hmm. travelers are um, purchasing experiences from these curators directly. I see. Um, and we're processing the transaction, but they're buying it from them. Right, right. Um, and on the, their side, they have a set of tools as well for, to manage their own bookings. Um, and the way the ecosystem works now, we have, we're coming up um, on 300 curators mm -hmm. um, on our side, which is across Africa, and we're starting in Europe, um, in the America as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the traveler side, where we have thousands of travelers, um, the goal is to start to teach them to use the ecosystem on their own to their advantage, and right. we're building out the tools for them to do that. Right, so right. to manage their own prices, to stay competitive, to manage their own availability, to, to make sure that they're, they're around on the right dates, things like that. And we're starting to see more engagement, which is really exciting because people are approaching this as entrepreneurs. Right, right. To say, I see my place in this ecosystem, and I know not only can I make money, but I can find the best ways to have travelers come into my life and show them a part of my community and my world mm -hmm. um, more often. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, right? So you, you talked about reducing the friction on using the tooling, not just on the user experience side of the, uh, mm -hmm. the front end on the consumer side, but as well as the curators, right? Absolutely. Uh, right, and then can you talk about that platform? Like, So they maintain their own uh, set of technology and tools, or they, how do they participate within your backend? Absolutely. So their interface looks similar to the users. Uh, oh, the goal awesome. is to make it as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. um, for one thing, not only are we training our users what it's like to buy experiences right. online, we're training our suppliers. Right, right. Uh, something that Tastemakers is really proud of is we call our, our tour operators, our tour guides, curators, mm -hmm. not only because um, it, it speaks more to what they're actually doing, mm -hmm. but most of them aren't traditional tour operators. Right, right. Uh, we're not finding third-party tour operators. Um, we have local staff in every country we operate in, um, and they're finding chefs, celebrities, DJs, artists, people who have their own lives. Right, and, right. and we're asking, do you want to bring people into your life um, and really show this traveler you mm -hmm. know, what you're doing, not mm -hmm. just unorganically saying, oh, I'm doing this just for the tour. Right, right. So because of that, there was this huge onus to have the best possible user experience mm -hmm. and to, to really build tools that are easy for curators to use right. because this is a, a side hustle mm -hmm. for them yeah. and this is something they consider important but don't necessarily have the time to, right, to manage. Right. Um, and that's an active process. Okay. Just like I'm doing constant user testing uh, with our travelers, um, and we just talked about this before, but I mean, doing user testing in market and even heading to Ghana next week to talk to our curators. Awesome. Um, and get a feel for what tools they need next. Right, right. And do, are you finding some patterns across the board or there's unique needs depending on the different countries and experiences? Something unique that I think has, has happened but because we're doing business currently right. mostly in Africa mm -hmm. and, and that's where Tastemakers Africa mm -hmm. started, right, right. hence the name, mm -hmm. um, is our communication preferences. So we're working in multilingual environments. Uh -huh. uh, we're working with uh, multiple platforms. Right. Um, so something we're building now that we're really excited about is our ability to completely make notifications agnostic. Meaning if a traveler has a preference for messaging their mm -hmm. curator once they've purchased their experience and will have questions, mm -hmm. if they have a preference of 
asking questions through a web dashboard. Right. We want to enable them to do that. Mm -hmm. But if this curator, um, and you know, we have a curator um, named Auntie Grace, mm -hmm. she's in, in Ghana, she does a batik fabric workshop. Right. Um, but she's an older lady and mm -hmm. she's not using her laptop and yeah. checking her email right, or right. looking at her web notifications. Yeah. She receives the same message um, on her WhatsApp. Ah. And then she can respond in WhatsApp and the traveler gets it back on their email, whatever they pr prefer. Exactly. Um, because one, they're travelers. Right. So their, their mode of communication changes when they're on the airplane or when they're traveling yep. or before. Like Those are all three different modes. And for our curators, we need to meet them where they are. Exactly. You know, some prefer text, some prefer WhatsApp, some prefer emails, but we want to give them the flexibility to pick. Right. Um, and then that for us allows us to be in their lives in the way they want it, not in any way that annoys them or causes friction. Exactly. You know, that's one of the things that you talked about, just how right. you reduce the friction. And that's, that's so powerful. Like right? at times when you're building technology, you know, these are smaller things and minute things that we just tend to overlook, right? Right. And especially uh, in the areas where things are still developing, right? And, and then there's experiences that are coming from people that are local, might not have access to the languages, the technology that we take it for granted, right? And that's super powerful, right? So I'm glad you hear that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> can, you, can you talk a little bit about how's your journey being uh, working with Hatch and Dio in general? Yeah. Um, so in my past life, mm -hmm. running a, a digital agency, um, we were 100% DigitalOcean. Okay. Um, and the, the reason for that was working within a, a system where I had full stack engineers mm -hmm. um, and we sort of included uh, servers in right. that full stack, which really made sense for agile teams yeah. and, and, and how we were practicing them. And so when I came over to Tastemakers, we were on AWS because we had some credits from them, mm -hmm. um, had built infrastructure on it. Uh, previous developers had made that decision. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I started. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't know it before, I know it now. The, the lack of user interface in AWS right. um, is such a barrier to a development team. Mm -hmm. um, and it's any development team. I'm CTO and you know, for the last few months might have been the solo developer. We're currently hiring out our core engineering team mm -hmm. in New York. Um, and in either case, we know that because things in AWS are so complicated, we are gonna have problems mm -hmm. that we have to then solve just due to the issues with understanding how to deploy. Mm -hmm. And we're switching to DigitalOcean and we're entering Hatch. Uh, I'm really excited awesome. because now I know I don't have to hire a full stack engineer that's done three years of server work. Right? I can hire one who's maybe never touched it and I have right. such confidence that because of DigitalOcean's community, postings, and just the ease of use, um, I can teach them how to deploy a droplet in a day. I can teach them what our ecosystem looks like in a day and I can visualize it for them much more easily using DigitalOcean um, and, and DigitalOcean's tools than I ever could with AWS, which would take me months to, to try and teach someone. And well, so it really supports us being an agile team. Right, right. You know, it makes me super happy hearing that. Well, thank you, thank you. And that's what we strive for, to make things simple right. and easy uh, for the users to go. Were there any challenges that you faced migrating over or, or changing the stack, like in any opportunity that you can uh, share with the users on, or, or on the technical side of things, right? You know, and gotchas that you had uh, on building mm -hmm. the stack. Um, one thing that went, is going well, and we're still in this process, right. mm -hmm. um, mind you, yeah. um, but knowing that DigitalOcean mimics some general practices mm -hmm. like S3, mm -hmm. um, and then you know, moving that over into spaces, that has been really easy. Mm -hmm. um, something that's been a lot harder uh, is that uh, I <laughs> love the Tastemakers community, mm -hmm. um, but even though we're a startup, we, we have a pretty active user base, mm -hmm. meaning downtime is very, you know, not tolerable right. among our community. Right, and right. so with a small team, um, <clears throat> especially not a dedicated DevOps team, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of creativity 
uh, and pre-planning right. of saying, what does this migration look like? Right. What steps have to happen when? And running through it 10 times over right. just to make sure that you're making the best decisions in terms of downtime and uh, in keeping user experience consistent. Right, right. And yeah, and that's, that's super critical, right? When changing this, not, not only when changing the stack, right? Just running the business all up, right? Right. Because you know, any downtime is essentially exactly. a bad user experience and right. bad user experience is a bad revenue and whatnot, right? So of course, yeah, you briefly talked about the teams. Like, can you tell me how big is the team all up today working on the tech and the company? So currently tech is one. Okay. You're talking to them. Perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, CTO is an interesting term. Yep. Hopefully, uh, the term scales right, with the yep. company, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, a total, our team is currently four people. Four people. Okay. Um, and that includes um, Shrey, our founder and CEO, as well as roles in business development and um, our community managers, who are actually in Africa, right, right. Uh, working with our travelers and curators every day. Awesome, awesome. And by the way, I, I did some research, and and it seems like you know you guys have raised. A good round, so congratulations on that. Thank right. you. Yeah. Yes, we closed our seed round two right. weeks ago. Uh, that's We're awesome. very excited that's about it. That's good to hear, right? Now, now that some of the plans I'm hoping is, is essentially to expand the team, right? Absolutely, right. with can, a focus on technology. Exactly, right? Yeah. So can you, can you talk about what, what the success is going to look like for you guys in a yeah. six months, a year or two from now? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of hiring specifically, right. um, we're looking at bringing on two engineers um, mm -hmm. and a lead designer. Awesome. Um, and we've picked New York as headquarters. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, um, but the startup community in New York is, is one of the big ones. Yes. And, and getting that support from the travel startup community specifically mm -hmm. has been great, but more generally, uh, to have software engineers so engaged with the, the startup community and to have so much support, mm -hmm. not just from investors, mm -hmm. but in terms of the events we can go to and how we can engage back and, right. and really share in the knowledge that is uh, a very diverse New York startup community with people working on everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. um, that's been really helpful. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to, to scale the team there um, and have our core team in New York. What they'll build um, and what that looks like six months, 12 months right. from now uh, is we're looking to, to grow a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. We know we've unlocked something on the user side and our curator side, and we have demand from both right. sides. We have mm -hmm. demand from countries across Africa and across the world to say, you know, we have a population that mm -hmm. wants to engage. Right. And you have communities across the US that have conversations around black identity and right. they want to engage with users who want to talk with them about that. So everything from a black owned Brooklyn bar crawl right, um, right to different experiences in Atlanta, in DC, mm -hmm. um, as well as all across Europe talking mm -hmm. about different immigrant populations right. from Africa and what it means to not visit the Eiffel Tower, right. Right, but explore it um, from an African cultural lens. Oh, awesome. Right? So, so in thinking of all that, we want to meet that demand. Right, right. And we see it on both sides, and we're right. really excited to. And so it's, it's scaling up to be able to handle that. Right, right. It means more tools. Uh, right. It means a, a mobile application to offer way more connectivity mm -hmm. among our travelers and right. our curators. Because mm -hmm. they're in that community. They're exactly. already talking to each other. Uh, why can't we make it easier for them? Right. Um, and then a lot of starting to understand what our development operations looks like. Mm -hmm. So the more tools we provide for our curators, the more infrastructure we'll be having uh, on the continent of Africa and all over the world of where we are, um, and dealing with every problem that a traveler has when they're traveling with us. Right, so, right. so the correct infrastructure for low data environments, uh, no data environments, right. and thinking through those challenges at scale. That's awesome. That's, that's Amazing to hear, right? So you briefly touched on you know, environments where there's tons and tons of data and mm -hmm. no data, right? You know, right. Can, you, can you explain those scenarios? Like what exactly that you, do you mean when you say there is no data and what experiences you're trying to build around that? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it might say cliche, it might sound cliche right. to think, oh, it's CTO, let's just capture all the data yeah. possible. Yeah. But I think for us, uh, what we want to do is own a traveler's experience while they're traveling. Right. 
uh, because there's so many opportunities for connection. There's so many opportunities to have unique experiences. There's so many opportunities to learn more about the place mm -hmm. than you otherwise would have. Right. And so for us, that's a journey of data on the back end. Mm -hmm. It's a journey of how do we get as much information as possible so we know the touch points for that traveler. We know when they've landed, mm -hmm. um, so we can get more information to them, whether right. that's welcome, right. um, or you know, here's where maybe you wanna go get a drink now that you're in the country, right. um, or connecting with them after an experience to say, you know, here's the other travelers you were just with. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you two think about traveling together tomorrow, or here's right. something we think you're like. Right. But those recommendations, owning the, the user's trip is really a question of as much real-time data as possible. Right. And, and as you mentioned, because we built this business starting in Africa, right. um, so much of that gathering of data is, well, what if the traveler doesn't have cell data? Right. Uh, what if they don't have a cell phone plan? Right. Um, so how are we capturing it otherwise? Right. Um, we've been talking with some partners um, that are doing some really cool things in no data environments, mm -hmm. uh, sort of working with a, a pay for play in, in terms right. of using SIM cards and doing some interesting things that right, we've seen right, right. Um, where we can capture it. And I talked about a, a mobile application and for us that's a huge way to get a ton of touch points and, and gather as much as possible so we can really provide for a user's trip so we, and we understand a user's trip. Exactly. Um, so it's creative problem solving is still to be done. Right, right. Um, but really exploring what that means with the assumption that it's, we're not gonna have a perfect environment, mm -hmm. has challenged us to come up with creative solutions already. Exactly. So I'm excited to see what we do from here. Right, right, that's such a unique opportunity, right? You know, those are some, again, going back to the, the notion of you know, missing on the smaller points, you know, mm -hmm. taking those things for granted. Like, I've, I've been in many situations in a remote country where you know, I took things like, you know, I have international data, that's perfect, you know, but things will mm -hmm. work. And, and you, real, you realize after landing, well, it's not really connected, like, and you find you know, yourself so lost, right? Right. A little scared, right? And, and trying to solve those uh, uh, problems is, is so unique and just beyond solving the experiences that right. you're going after, right? So I'm pretty sure some really cool things will come out <laughs> from these, uh, uh, you know, journey and, and, and industry as a whole will benefit from some of the innovations that you guys are trying to I think so, yeah. and, and as you mentioned, we are unique. Yeah. Not just building a business in Africa, right. but we approach things with a cultural lens, and right. we approach things with a community um, who are all trying to, to travel and explore what it means to be a part of the African diaspora. Right. And those two unique facets means yeah. our community is very engaged with us, right. gives us amazing feedback, good mm -hmm. and bad, yeah, uh, yeah. all the time, mm -hmm. um, as well as presents unique challenges. Right. So we get to solve those challenges before anyone's ever thought of them. Right. And we get to solve challenges for being in Africa. We get to solve challenges for working within our community right. before anyone else thinks about it. And so you're, you're completely right, as we hope mm -hmm. that as a company on the business side, and especially on the technology side, that as we scale, we'll be building, we'll be solving things that become opportunities for the travel industry as awesome. a whole. Awesome, yeah, yeah, that's so good to hear, right? And it, it, it sounds like you, know, you have your hands wrapped around uh, the technology piece and how to scale perfectly well, right? The, 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 Thank you. the question that came to my mind was, you know, yes, you're building a unique brand, right? Mm -hmm. The next problem that you might end up facing is how do you drive the brand awareness, right? In this, such a really big market, like Absolutely. how do people come to know about your, your site? Like, and how do they land to the right place? Like, can you talk about some of the opportunities that people can learn from you and, you know, what's the strategy around like, you know, being that really big brand? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're very lucky that we're definitely punching above our weight class right now right. in terms of brand identity. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I, I joined the team in the first place. Oh, awesome. uh, and it's, it's a credit to the team that yep. I wasn't a part of at the time <laughs> that created an amazing brand awareness right. um, 
before the company. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been so important and such a great driver because you have that community support and you right. have people cheering you on before they really know what you sell. Right, right. Which is what a good brand can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for, for us using that brand, um, we really identify with social channels, mm -hmm. uh, which means a host of different things, everything from Instagram content to mm -hmm. Instagram stories um, and getting content to people who want to be excited about their next trip. Right, right. wherever they're traveling. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been able to do that now, and we were able to do it before we were even selling experiences, but now it's a way for us to educate them and then drive them to say, well, now that you're traveling, we might be an opportunity for you to take an experience with us, take a, take a tour with us and become you know, part of the Tastemakers community. Right. Um, and as we expand, we look at more channels that are about storytelling. Yes. So Instagram has been the perfect driver because mm -hmm. it understands storytelling. Email marketing for us has been huge because right. we're able to do medium form saying this is my story and if you've ever subscribed to our emails it's our founder just talking awesome it's so informal yeah. uh it's so just saying you know here's what happened at work today it's mm -hmm. so you know here's i lived in you know ghana you know right. for this amount of time and here's why right right um it's just storytelling exactly and it, it's 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 short it's a little bit raw but that drives traction for us right right um and then you know thinking about content in in ways short medium and long um we host all of our own content as well so we have tons mm -hmm. of travelers who will never buy from us but uh, are, live on our blog oh. and that for us is excellent because we're creating an, its own ecosystem there it's a community in a way right it's absolutely a community yeah. and we want to really lean into that and provide yeah. tools within that because right. we know it will drive traffic we know exactly. it will drive conversions um but it's excellent to have the travel community recognize us even if they don't travel with us but to still be in our community and benefit from it in some way exactly it will play a huge role especially in a storytelling way right you right know, you know when, if that's the core piece that you're going after absolutely and, and i think you know that was one of the biggest takeaway from me what you from what you just said in the last couple of minutes around knowing what you want to what your brand to be what would you want your brand to be right and then and you picked on the right thing being a, being a travel company storytelling is a great way to go right and then deciding right platforms on a social media side of things to engage on like so instagram stories that you said absolutely it just made perfect sense like you know you know i would not have thought about it until you told me uh -huh. and i was like yeah storytelling instagram that makes perfect sense you know absolutely and it's a great way to go viral right so some really really good tips uh, for the users right that's that's fantastic yeah you know, there's so much inspiration on what you guys are trying to do, right? And, and that begs the question, like, what inspires you? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing, uh, not to overdo it, but I, I'm very inspired by tastemakers. Um, I, I, I love the company I work for. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in a youth position. I'm not the co-founding CTO. I came on later, but I was so inspired by this opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, how great is it to say, here's a community that hasn't been served the product that they're asking for. That's awesome. Um, can you be the person who builds a diverse team that's gonna create that product? Yeah. And then make it 10 times better. Yeah. And, and the engineer, project manager, and, and CTO inside of me said yes. Like, that's such, a, it's such an amazing opportunity. And so to be inspired by work is, is, is really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, the, the other thing that I think really inspires me on the tech side is um, I've had the great pleasure of working with a lot of designers in my career. I am not a designer um, <laughs> at all. So, um, and I'm willing to admit that um, I'm pretty terrible just trying to pull together designs. Just but, like me. <laughs> um, I've worked with designers that have user experience and, and UX training mm -hmm. uh, properly. And that's taught me so much about agile development. Right. 
Um, and it's something I've been practicing as a software engineer right. my whole life. But what really inspires me, you know, in research I do all the time is, you know, looking at IDEO design sprints mm -hmm. um, and keeping in touch with designers in New York that I have good relationships with right. and, and really learning what's new, not because I'm going to be a better designer. I think that's a lost cause. <laughs> um, but because I really want to learn from the process of design sprints and the process right. of design as a whole and then apply that to my piece of this organization. Right, right. What does that look like for designing an engineering team, which mm -hmm. is my challenge right now? Exactly. What does that look like from project architecture? Right. Because I think people don't realize programming is really a creative thing. Right, right. And so some of my most creative friends inspire me mm -hmm. uh, to, to be more creative on the technical side of things. Right, right. Yeah. There's, you know, you summarize it pretty well, like a couple of things you know, in a takeaway. Like, it is so much amazing to work for an individual that inspires you the most, right? In a mm -hmm. way, like, you know, you're working for a company and, and, and a founder who actually is a source of inspi inspiration. Absolutely. Right? Very few people can say that, right? <laughs> so that, that's, that's amazing, right? The second thing, like user, uh, the designers, right? They make the user experience and that is the key to your business success, right? And same absolutely. goes for DO, like I absolutely love our design team, right? What mm -hmm. makes us unique is keeping, keeping things simple, right? And thinking through user's lens, right? So these are two great, <laughs> great, great <laughs> things to, you know, be inspired with and, and a great takeaways uh, for, uh, you know, people watching this talk, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking no, to you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thanks.